Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, welcome, 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 Hawk fans, to another episode of Hawk Talk. This is Hawk Talk, the show that brings you all the updated news about your favorite team, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Today, I got to show you, I got a great show for you today. We're going to make it happen. But first, let's jump right into this thing. Let's jump into it. I'm going to jump into introducing my resident guest host. I got to call him a resident guest host because he's been a guest host for me on every single show. The two-time All-Big Ten, three-year starter at offensive tackle. The I got to make sure I say this because it's additional advertising for him. That's why I bring it up every time because he's a, he's a beast out there. He does his thing. I'll make sure I, I, I recognize and bring about the information as it needs to be. The luxury real estate mogul out there in Chicago, Illinois, Mr. David Porter. David, thank you for joining me today, sir. You know, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. No question. No question. I appreciate you again, man. And of course, keeping with the theme of our post-game wrap-ups, we're keeping with the theme of having our student guest host. And today... We bring to you, and we won't disappoint. I won't say that. I won't, I won't just say bring to you, but I won't disappoint because today we have a great guest host out of the great state of Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, to be be exact. Now, let me remind you guys, that's where we want to be, you know, beginning of December, it's in Indianapolis, Indiana. So we got somebody who's representing, representing that city right now, the 5'11 junior out of Indianapolis, Indiana. He actually was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Indiana, his senior year in high school, 2019 recipient of the Next Man In Award, a two-year starter at receiver. He is also one of, one of seven uh, sophomores that were named to the, uh, the leadership group last year, uh, which is pretty awesome. Uh, one of three brothers that are D1 athletes. So, yeah, I'm going to make sure I make that clarification. His, his younger brother, Kenny, is currently at uh, Miami of Ohio, and his other younger brother, Javon is also currently committed to uh, Miami of Ohio. So a little bit of an athletic treat uh, that he, his mom and dad put together along with older brother, Charlie, who's the businessman of the family. Welcome to the show, Tyrone Tracy. Tyrone, thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. So let's jump into this thing, man. David, man, what? 51-14. <laughs> 51-14 game. I got to speak on it just a little bit because I got the chance to go there, man. College Park, Maryland is a beautiful place, beautiful stadium, beautiful area. Uh, right there, not far from the heart of D.C. Um, man, it was an awesome environment walking into uh, College Park. Fans were, were amazing. A uh, group of fans, they, they, they actually had a blackout, uh, David and Tyrone. They had a blackout. And which, this was actually the second opponent that Iowa has faced that has actually decided to have a blackout game uh, to, to host the Hawkeyes, which, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to me considering we, we kind of the kings of the blackouts here, but, you know, it's interesting. They, they had a blackout. However, I don't know that the fans necessarily got the message because a lot of them were still in red. It wasn't really the full blackout feel like you would get at say a Kinnick stadium, but they did their best. They had their blackout. Um, however, Outside of their first drive, it was a little bit of a, a, a rough outing for the Maryland Terrapins. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll stick to what we know. Um, offensively, right. the run game, you know, uh, David, we talked about this for the first number of weeks. The run game, uh, it definitely picked up, man. I was, I was impressed with what we saw. Uh, we saw a total of 38 carries for 160 yards. 
Uh, if you take away Spencer Petrus's negative yardage, 160 total yards, um, three total touchdowns. The run game is coming along, David, against a 4-0 outfit that the, uh, the Maryland Terrapins were. Talk to us about what you saw uh, from the offensive line and how the running game has picked up. The O-line started to, uh, I want to say, they started to get some continuity out there. They really did. In the run game, you could see it where the back was at, the timing was actually really good. The back, when they came to the hole, he came to the line, he was letting the hole develop and it started to cut back. And he saw it just as the hole was opening up just before, it, like we talked before, it's kind of a short window sometimes. It opens, then it closes. It becomes a timing thing, especially when we're doing the zone blocking scheme. So with the running, we got a really good fit. We saw some holes on the front side. We saw a lot of holes on the back side, right? And we were running and my God, our fullback, Panama, <laughs> you lighting people up. I was loving it. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. I sat there. I was like, oh my goodness. Yes. And I was so happy they gave that man the ball. He got a touchdown. He had like a, a God, it was a fullback dive down right down the middle. <clears throat> I was like, yes, give the, pay that man back for all the work he's been doing. Yes. Man, yeah, when Spencer was there, we had those, uh, those one yard touchdown uh, quarterback sneaks. He yeah. was right there pushing the pile. Yeah. Yep. That's my dude. I He's basically like, I'm going to adopt him, adopt him as an offense lineman now. Yeah. He, he can come on down with us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's one of us. I agree with you on that one. He is definitely what I would call a faster offensive lineman. He's not, uh, he's not, you know, the fullback position in college football is extinct all over the place. Nobody appreciates the fullback position. Everybody, you know, wants to even spread you out on the goal line. They want to get four and five wide on the goal line. Like, bring your fullback in and, and get your lead blocker going, but they don't appreciate it. It's still appreciated position in the NFL, but they don't appreciate it in college football. But I, for one, am in, a, in a total agreement with you. That's a young man that I really appreciate for our offense. He's a young man that sticks his nose in there regardless. Yeah. I mean, the dude is a monster anyway. He looks like he's about 60. Six eight, really. I mean, and he's already a beast. He looks, he looks like, in my opinion, he looks like you know one of the Russians from like a Rocky movie is what he looks like to me. But he's a monster, <laughs> right? he's a beast. And you know, to have a to have a guy like that who can uh, rip off a, a you know a couple of big games like he had that big ten yard game like you're talking about, as well yeah. as the fact that he's just he's an extension of that offensive line that gets up to that 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 backer and just punishes people, punishes. And then you have you have the quickness. Of a, of a Mr. Mr. Goodson, Kelly Martin, you know, these guys are, are, are finding the holes and they have to, they, they definitely have to attribute that to, to what Mr. Potterbaum is doing. But, uh, but continue, Dave, what, you, what else? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. We're, we're doing running back by committee right now, right? We got Mr. Goodson, we got Kelly Martin, we got what, 66 and 62 apiece right there. You know, we're, we're starting to get there. And it was really nice to see the change of pace right? You got Goodson in there and it was good. We're grinding away, we're grinding away. And then, okay, hold on. Here comes Kelly Martin. Mm -hmm. That quick change of pace. Oh my goodness. He came through the fresh legs. Hey, I was watching on TV and I don't know what it was for you when you were there, but on TV, it looked like we went from like a four to a five. Like the speed just went from like, all right, man, here we go. And it was like, whoa, that's a little bit faster than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he was able to rip off some big runs and 
it really helped out. It balanced, it gave us a good balanced attack, a, a way of throwing the defense off, right? Our offense was in complete sync at that point, and that defense was off. They were on their heels. I was loving it. Completely. Oh. Completely. And the balance is what was, uh, it was the most, um, I would say the one thing that really uh, resonated for me uh, being in a game was that just the balance, uh, being able to uh, have both the run and pass game uh, just click at once. And it was amazing to watch, it, you know, in real time, how everything kind of has come together. Um, and, you know, it's, it's awesome, you know, the running game, because that's what we lean on. That's what I was known for. Spencer Petrus is a young man who has matured. We've talked about this, you know, all season long, even dating back to last season. Uh, just has his, just how his maturation has continued to to show uh, as he's completely taken control of this offense and continue to to just just, just move forward and, and move the offense and be a, a great uh, leader out there on the on offense, right? So, the young man went twenty one for thirty, two hundred fifty nine yards and three passing touchdowns. You know, we, we have those receiving touchdowns by, of course, uh, Mr. Goodson on that beautiful, 80, what was that, 67-yard reception. I mean, the way he made that safety look kind of silly. Uh, oh, they, had a line, they had him matched up on the linebacker. But I saw that same play a couple times. And I saw that same play uh, where he gave that linebacker that kind of that option route and uh, kind of stuck his foot in the ground and, and embarrassed him a little bit. You know, but uh, we also had uh, a touchdown reception by – our man Armand Bruce out there, the young fella got his got his hands on the ball a couple times with six receptions. Uh, but of course, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Tracy, with his first reception touchdown for the season, man. And I'm impressed with how the offense has been uh, opened up a little bit, right? I feel like uh, Brian Ferris has done a little bit more throughout each game. We've seen the playbook open up a little bit more and more. So Tyrone, talk to us about um, how you feel this offense, this offensive passing game has matured, how Spencer has, has matured as a leader, and how, how things are kind of opening up on the receiving side for this offense? Uh, I, I think that it's great, honestly, just because we literally preach so much to Brian, like, you know, trust the receivers, trust the passing game, you know, let us at least, you know, get the drive started um, just so – everyone ain't keying in on the run because, you know, we're Iowa and um, we're going to run the ball. So uh, I try to preach to Brian, let him know that, you know, you can trust us. You can, you know, call a passing play on first, second down. And then, you know, if you want to run on third down or even second down, you know, you can still, you know, do that. But I also know that we have to have some type of presence in the passing game for people to respect it and respect us going deep because that's what will open up the holes on the inside. So it's interesting you talk about that. And obviously complimentary football is what we strive for as an offense. What do you feel like in terms of how this receiving core has grown over the season? I mean, we've seen yourself, we've seen Charlie Jones, we've seen uh, Sam LaPorter as a tight end. Um, talk to us a little bit about this receiving, this receiving core uh, the weapons that Spencer Peters has currently and how how you guys match up against any defense and, and really, really the game plan against Maryland. I mean, that, I mean, to put up 51 points on any opponents, let alone an opponent that's 4-0, uh, the game plan has to be on point. So talk to us a little bit about what that game plan was going into that game and how you guys were able to exploit that defense. Uh, it was just 
um, we have so many people on our offense that can make big plays. Like, it ain't just, you know, me, Sam, T. Good. Like, we have young guys that are actually stepping up to the plate and going in and making big plays when, you know, their number is called. Um, like, Arlen, he had, like, six catches for, like, like 50 yards, I think, or 60 yards. And like, that's crazy for a freshman. Mm-hmm. And, like, some people just kind of overlook that and don't actually, you know, notice or give him the credit that he deserves. And then Keegan, he had two catches for 90 yards last week. Yeah, like that. this type of stuff don't happen on an everyday basis to have two freshmen come in and actually, you know, produce, not just play, but only produce. So that helps out with the the weight on me, Sam, T. Good, shoulder. Like we don't have to do everything, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to go out there and have a 200-yard game every game, like, Every, everyone doing their part, it makes it easier on Brian just to call plays and not to target certain people all the time, which also makes it harder on defenses to guard because if they're targeting me all the time, okay, that's fine. You can go and target me. Well, then Arlen, Keegan, Nico, Charlie, like all of them are going to be open. So that's why I try to stress, you know, to the receivers, like every day we're going to practice, like you got to have a purpose. You got to go out there and like, practice how you want to play. Like, if you want to do this in a game, okay, do it right now on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on Saturday come, you know, it's going to be easy. It's, I wouldn't say easy, but it'll be, you know, it'll come naturally instead of you actually trying too hard and, and it not happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make a great point. You talk about the importance of practice and what practice does for your team. I mean, if you have the opportunity to, to work on, you know, your basics, your fundamentals, but the more important part of that is working against a good group of guys on the defensive side to kind of get you ready, uh, clearly on a regular basis. But if you don't bring the, the, the proper mentality or the proper energy, proper focus to a practice, you can waste those reps. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you got to take the time. You got to understand how important what practices are and how important, you know, clearly just, just making sure that you get your game plan in and you get, you get every part of what you're looking for during the week. Ready so that, like you said, when it, when it comes to Saturdays or it comes to game days, that it's easy. That the, the work has been done, right? So it, it comes to game day, it's just it's the easy part. It's the easy part. It's the fun part. It's the part you have fun and you go out to get get a chance to do what you have had the chance to do as a child. So um, shifting gears, we're gonna go again and, and shift gears now and jump on that uh, defensive side of the ball. You know, just, we talk uh-huh. about uh, these uh, these guys you get a chance to work with and uh-huh. every day, right? Those, <sighs> Those yep. guys are important in terms of, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. I know, David, you know, you give me the looks and you give me the dead, the dead. Hey, man, hey, I've talked about this before. Defense is, it's been said. You know, I, I'm not even the one that made this term. I mean, I'm, I'm just following yeah. what the term says. The, the term is defense. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Okay. I'm not the guy that came up with the term. Don't, don't get, get mad at me. However, I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and, and use mm-hmm. the term mm-hmm. because – I see the term as a very important term because I personally buy into the term. Defense is a major part of winning championships. I know you do. Defense is a major part of winning championships. So, uh, Tyrone, we talk about the fact of, you know, you get a chance to work against some some great uh, guys over there on that side of the ball. You know, regardless of whether David wants to give credit where credit is due, I'm going to give credit. He's going to give credit, but I'm going to give credit because it's not just about game day, David. It's about every day during practice. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. But we're going to go ahead and talk about this defense. (laughs) Defense that came up with six interceptions. 
Six interceptions. Very impressive. Very impressive. I'm going to go ahead and name these guys off. Uh, Quinn Schulte, Jack Kerner. Uh, Jack Kerner had that great interception, but he also fumbled. Jack, we got to work on that ball security, baby. We got to get that right. Kayvon Merriweather, uh, Mr. Roberts, Riley Moss, Dave Belton, all came away with interceptions. Uh, amazing ball skills, amazing job of getting after the quarterback uh, on the defensive on the defensive front. But more importantly, are those guys on the back end. Uh, uh, David, we, we dubbed them the Legion of Boom. Six interceptions on the day. Talk to us a little bit about what you saw out there on the field, man, in terms of how uh, how the secondary is playing. And more importantly, it's, it's complimentary football. Just like we talk about offensive oh. defense, complimentary football, the front end complements the back end. The back end complements the front end. The front end created some some uh, some uncomfortable positions for Talia Tagaviola. Talk to us a bit about how those interceptions occurred and you know things leading up into it and what you what you saw out there. Well, what you saw and what I saw, the the D line and you you hit the nail right on the head, right? The defense is playing together as a team. When they're out there as a, on defense, they're playing as a good unit. Right, the whole unit, they're all playing together. Uh, you were talking about this the last, uh, the last episode. What do you call it? Tips and... Uh, tips and overthrows. Tips and overthrows, right? Overthrows, that's that's right. what we had happen. We got to get tips. That's right. right. And that led to an interception. We had an overthrow. Why? He got flushed out of the pocket. All right? The quarterback's got a flush out of the pocket or he's getting pressured. Now his footwork isn't quite sharp. You know, now he's, it's a broken play. He's having to ad lib. They're not able to do what they want to do. Our quarterback, I mean, our, our uh, I call him a quarterback. I'm so off his minded. But our middle linebackers, they're spying on a guy. We got our safety spying on him. And then we're looking at him and say, okay, we know where he's going to go. We're limiting his options. And then, hey, here we got a tip. Then we have an overthrow. Then it becomes, okay, good. We're, we got him exactly where we wanted him. He's flustered. He got to the point where he was on tilt. He could never get back to neutral. After he lost his receiver, his star receiver, that was game over. It, it was done. He never got back to neutral where he was able to like calm himself down and throw a, a real pass, right? He never got back into the zone where he's like, okay, I know what I need to do. I'm going to do it. All the other stuff, I'm going to let it go. On the flip side, you look at us and what we were able to do, we took away the ball, right? We got into our comfort zone. Our quarterback, we, put, we gave ourselves a, a pocket. Our quarterback was able to step up. We didn't complete every pass, but hey, he was able to throw passes, things on the sideline. We were touch passes. We did to them what we didn't have done to us. We took them out of their game while we were able to sit and get into our game. Our defense is, they continue to impress. They really do. No question, man. You know, the thing about it, then I look at it, bro, I was, I was thrown off. Like, I, I felt like, you know, it was a, a team that, I mean, you look at a 4-0 record, you know, you think team that's it's obviously got some ability, but they, we talked a bit in this show about complimentary football. You have to be able yeah. to play complimentary. You got to be able to run the ball, Running the ball opens up the passing game and vice versa. Passing the ball opens up those lanes in the running game. And it was a shame. I just saw no effort to try and run the football. I mean, the quarterback was your leading rusher with only 24 yards. Your leading running back carried the ball five times for 23 yards. And it, it just, they abandoned the running game and they put everything in the quarterback's hand. And I, I feel bad for the young man because, you know, you 
when when you play football, I mean, it's a team sport. There's 11 men on the field that you expect to to, to lean on to try to help win the game. But when you put everything, that's that's one of my one of my pet peeves. One of the things I do not like most about the spread offense is that everything is dictated by the quarterback. Now, when back in the day when you had option football, the quarterback pitch, and all, yes, everything was determined off that quarterback. But everybody working in cohesion created those opportunities, right? And it was people blocked up, and it was it was always creating a situation where you have a one-on-one situation. Running back is one-on-one with the guy that he has to, to, to make miss. This spread offense, like these these quarterbacks, if you're having an off day, like my man right there, um, like, like Talia there, you kind of keep going back to the well when you get down in points like that. And, you know, he's already a shorter guy. He's already kind of throwing out of some of them shorter windows. It's, it's, it's difficult, man. But, you know, they put the, the entire kitchen sink on his lap and he had a little bit of a meltdown in terms of not being able to, to respond to the pressure. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was a lot, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. No sacks, actually. Iowa had zero sacks on the game, but it was the constant and consistent pressure that just, just put him in these uncomfortable positions that he had to, had to throw the ball in, in, in places that he wasn't comfortable with. So that's, that's tough, man. It's, it's tough having to, to try and do those things, man. But um, the other side to that, David, is, is, is the momentum that's, uh, that's created with that, right? Tyrone, talk to us a little bit about that momentum that you guys got uh, from, and and just the energy that uh, that the defense builds creates uh, with these interceptions and these turnovers. Yeah, I mean, I, you hit it right on the head, man. The energy is crazy. Like you was there, true. The energy on the field was like ridiculous. It was like it was a home game. That's mm-hmm. how that's literally how it felt. Mm-hmm. It felt like a home game because like we was running up and down the sidelines, like congratulating everybody. I feel like every time you t- look up, it's another turnover, a fumble, a pick, something, touchdown. Like, every two seconds, it was something good happening. So when you, like, have that momentum and that energy going, it's like, all right, now, the defense doing their job. Offense, let's go out here and do our job. Mm-hmm. Like, let's keep let's keep this going. Because I've, I I think we punted one time. I think that was probably the first quarter. And then we didn't punt again until the fourth quarter. So, like, from the first quarter to four, that is a ridiculous stat. Like, to, to not punt the whole game, like, that's ridiculous. Cause, but I also think it's because the defense did their job and we had the ball plus 50 probably, you know, the whole game. Mm-hmm. I don't think we, we drove it. The minus 25 drove it 75 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, with that going on, it's not much of a – hard task for us to go out there and do our job. It's not asking a lot of us to go out there and do our job because the defense is doing so well, which I also, that's why I was trying to emphasize to the offense. We have a defense like that is getting turnovers multiple times a game and we are taking advantage of those turnovers. It's going to be, it's very, it's a very hard team to beat when you, when you have a team like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's the thing about it is just breeding confidence, right? It's just the, it's just the fact that you know that you can trust that that side of the ball got it locked down. So you ain't got to worry about too much in terms of, uh, are we going to get the ball back or these sorts of things? Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, really, I want to hear from both of you guys. When you know that you got a defense, right, that that you have confidence in, that, that hey, we messed up, we, we went three and out, but, hey, we know who we're sending out there. Talk to me, talk to everybody out there about 
what is like having a defense that's um, that's that, that that you know can take the ball away like this? David, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Having a defense that you can rely on that's giving you a short field. And Tyrone hit the nail on the head. I mean, you, you know, you don't have to do much work out of there. And, and what it does for you getting the ball that often and with that short of a field, it makes the other defense tired. So it makes the job for the offensive lineman a lot easier. And when we get in there and say, okay, cool, we know we're on the two-yard line or we're on the one-yard line, guess what? We're going all straight ahead, straight ahead. Let's go, let's fire off. Or we got a lead, we're going to grind it out. Let's go. D-line, O-line, let's go. We're going to put it on these, uh, these defense alignment. No offense, Big C. But we're going to lean heavy on you guys here for a minute. We're going to lean because we're bigger. You guys are more talented, more athletic. All we're going to lean on y'all just a little bit. Just uh, like, hey, how you doing? Just lean on them a little bit. And then fire off. That's where you get to have some fun as an offensive line. That's when we have a young line like that to get to be able to get up there and get their hits in, get their fits in, you know, to build that confidence. It becomes a lot better for them. And you can see it with the running game. You see what the passing game, and it kind of permeates throughout the entire offense. Like we talked about it earlier, it made us very uh, complimentary, right, with our offense. We were able to do be very balanced. Whereas you look at the offense on the other side, they became one-dimensional, right? That was a big difference. Having a defense like that allows us to be – you know, very like complimentary in our in our in our gameplay and our game calling, right? If we're gonna pass, we're gonna run. Hey, you saw what happened with the play action pass. That's what it does. That's what it does. It opens up the offense so that we can say, hey, we're gonna tee off on you. We're gonna tee off on you. And oops, no, we're not gonna tee off. We're gonna fake it. Here it is, play action pass. Wide open, 10 yards, 10, 12 yards, a pop. Here we go. Done. That's what that does. Having a defense like that. Having a team where the defense is hitting all cylinders, the special teams is pinning these guys deep. Our defense is causing turnovers. It allows our offense to tee off, allows us to open the playbook, and it makes it really tough for our opponents to even key in on what we're going to be doing. They're so worried about the run, here comes the pass. Then they're so worried about the pass, here comes the run. I mean, they're just on their heels the whole time. It becomes a beautiful thing for a you know, great Hawkeye win. No question. No question. Um, same kind of question for you, Tyrone, but also, I mean, you get a chance to practice against the guys, uh, Matt Hankins and Riley Moss, man. Jack Campbell is out there just destroying stuff. I mean, that tip he had over the middle that's uh, resulted in that interception for, for, for Kerner. I mean, we, I'm, I'm sticking to the theme of defense. Talk to me about how those guys help you get better and how are you surprised with, uh, with what you're seeing out of your defense right now? <laughs> no, there's no surprise. They literally do this every week. Like, we do two-minute drill, and it's honestly hard for us to get down the field just because of how good they are playing. Like, they are so disciplined, and they don't, like, they don't really lose sight of the main goal. Yeah, we might get a couple first downs, but they are not letting us, you know, go down there and actually score the ball, which that might happen in a game. Like, you might see them give up some first downs. But it's very rare that you see our defense let a team drop 75 yards and go score. And if it does happen, Phil Parker's on the sideline ripping them right now so it ain't happening again. So you already know that, you know, that is a, that's very, very rare to see out of our defense. So going against them every day is making our offense better day in and day out which is I think you're seeing the effects of it game after game. 
and you're seeing how our offense is evolving. So I, I, I honestly do think iron shop is iron, and you can tell by, you know, how we are producing in each game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. And, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, we can we can speak to the fact that uh, these guys, you know, do it on a daily basis, on a weekly basis in practice, and it's coached into it. It's not something that's, you know, it's not, nothing happens by luck. Everything is something that's coached, especially in this program, coached, and they have uh, the, the constant uh, reaffirmations as to what they're doing to, to make sure that things are, are done the proper way. So defensively, man, you know, top number one defense in interceptions in this season, man, and uh, and top 10 defense overall. So the sky's the limit as long as you have a defense that can continue to play this way. But Iowa football is three three sides to this thing, man. And, and that's the best, best part about Iowa football is so many complementary sides to it. You know, over the years, it's been a situation where, you know, you have a good group of guys on offense. You know, every yearly basis, there are guys that get drafted from every phase, from both phases, offensively and defensively. Defensive guys are, are strong. We have uh, some of the better players that come out on the defensive side, but our special teams got to give credit where credit is due. Our special teams is one of the You're best right. teams, units in the country. You know, I can, I could talk all day about, uh, our coverage teams, you know, I'm at Terry Robinson's a monster out there. They, they do uh, crazy and makes play after play after play at a gunner, as well as uh, on kickoffs. I am impressed with how complimentary we are on that side of the, uh, in that phase of the game. Uh, going back to the game the other night, our man, Charlie Jones, David, I've been saying it every single week. I'm going to continue to say it. Charlie Jones going to pop him one. He's going to get us a touchdown this season. For sure. he, he's, he's, he's too close to not make it happen. He had that long one, 38 yards the other night. Man, he's, he's getting close. Um, this 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 Caleb Shudak, three for three on field goals, uh, six for six on extra points. He got himself 15 total points. We got to make sure we, we talk about our man, Torrey Taylor, who joined us last week. We talked about that Tyrone. He had the one punt in the first quarter and didn't punt again to the fourth, but he had four total punts uh, for 173 total yards, you know, continuing to be that monster and pinning pinning an already um, weakened Maryland offense, uh, putting them inside, pinning them inside their 20 so many times it, they couldn't really drive the field, the, the length of the field. Um, but our special teams is that unit, man, that really puts in that work. Tyrone, you, you, uh, you heard me mention, man, Mr. Roberts there, man, talk to us about what that phase of football does for us and how those, uh, those guys uh, on that special teams unit really bring it on a daily basis. So, I mean, complimentary football is, like you said, all three phases. So, if the kickoff go out there and Terry goes down there and makes a great hit, you know, pins him in, in the 15, that means the defense is going out there already, you know, fired up because they don't – they're on the 10-yard line already. They don't have, you know, the whole – they're not about to go score a touchdown right now. Or when you have a weapon like Tory Taylor, you don't have to worry about, you know – when you're on the your your own 10, 10 yard line, you got to punt because Tory, I mean, I wish I could be there in practice. This man literally punts way better in practice than he does in games. But the the what he does in games is incredible. Like some people don't understand like how accurate he really is, and how he how often he does it. So when you have a, a punter like that, and you don't really have to. 
uh, worry about some certain situations just because, you know, you have a punter that can flip the field. Um, it, it makes it easier on offense and defense. And it gives an extra boost for the offense and defense. Um, one play that comes to mind, um, I think it was Kent State when we got a safety. Terry ran down there and pinned them on maybe the five-yard line or something like that or three-yard line. Mm-hmm. Like two plays later, he gives a safety. So, like, that's, that's just how it works. You know, if you – the more you give, the more you give in is the more you're going to get out of it. And, I mean, Terry, he does literally everything. He does everything. I mean, it's top-tier level. It ain't like, you know, he's just out there running around. He does it to, like, a phenomenal level. Mm-hmm. That was Iowa State, by the way, that they got that safety. But, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, Terry Roberts, he, he did get himself an interception, which, uh, like you said, hard work pays off. You know, guys that fly around fly around and put that work in, especially on the teams, you know, are guys yeah. that are rewarded when they get that opportunity to get on the field uh, they get a chance to, 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 to make plays like that. But the thing about our secondary is we make those plays and it just seems like second nature. It doesn't seem like it's something that uh, is forced or – uh, it's surprising when it happens, you know what I'm saying? So it's just tremendous to see a young man like that who puts it out there all on the line on a daily basis, man, and continue to work through it. Um, really quick, David, man, tremendous win for the number five Iowa Hawkeyes up there in Maryland. Um, any final thoughts on that game? <sighs> the defense did what I thought they were going to do. All right. Um, they came out, they set the tone. You know, I, we contained the, uh, the threat early, right? And you know, we, we are still coming out just a little bit flat on offense. And, and not to say we're not getting better, we are. But we scored three points in the first quarter, right? To come out there against that defense and for us to come out there, especially with our defense, playing the way they're playing, our special teams playing the way they're playing, you know, it's we're getting to that point of the season where it, week in and week out, we're going against tough competition. Right now, I think we're number three. Are we number three now? Yeah. Like we're number three in AP, right? Yeah. We, we, we leapfrog Penn State to number four. They're coming to our house this coming weekend, right? We're on, we have a target on our back. It's coming. Everybody's coming for us. We're the big dogs now. And most of the places we're going to be going for the rest of the season probably till we get to post game, you know, postseason play, we're at, we need to get out there and actually establish ourselves as an offense. That offensive line come out there with some swagger, like our defense does. Our defense line, they, they create a new line of scrimmage, right? They're in the backfield. We need to do that on the offense. Our offense line, I want to see us sit out there and just get out there with some confidence. Our, we're big, we're talented, we're athletic. We have everything there. I, I think most of it's just the lack of experience. Once we start to do that, um, that was my thought. Once we start to do that and establish ourselves and have that swagger on that offense line, this team, the sky's limited. They, they're really talented. Mm-hmm. No question. No question. You made mention to that number three ranking, you know, leapfrogging uh, Penn State. Um, and, you know, it, it is, it's always a great, you know, it's great to have, those accolades, right? You're excited right. to be able to say, hey, we're the number three team in the country. You know, it's a big deal, right? You can't say it. it's a big deal. It's been some years since the University of Iowa's had such a high ranking. So uh, Tyrone, man, what 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 does that ranking mean to you? What do you see that as? What do you see that number three ranking as? And 
how does that affect you moving forward, bro? Um, that's kind of a just only reason it's a tough question, just because like as a competitor, you know, you you see that number three and you're like, okay, you know, all the hard work we're putting in is paying off. And people are actually seeing how good uh we potentially can be, but potential isn't production. So it really doesn't matter um, how high they rank us because we still have, what, eight games left, nine games left. So um, we can't, you know, really think about that that far. We can't um, really say that, you know, we're number three and we're all that because if you go out on Saturday and you don't play your A game, that number three don't really matter because you just prove to everyone that you're not worthy of that number three spot. When you are put up on the top tier level, you are expected to perform at a top tier every week. No question. No question, man. And like you said, you know, you're expected to be able to play at that level. And the one thing, two things about that, really. One is, yes, you have the accolade. However, it does create a situation where there's a target on your back, where everybody says, look at them. They have that. Do you want yep. that? Well, you, if you want that, then you need to go through them to get that, right? That's what it does. And then the other thing that it does is that at times, another thing that it does, at times it creates a situation where there's a, a bit of complacency, right? And honestly, like you said, this is a situation where, hey, rents do every single day. If you really want to be able to have this, you have to understand the work is required every single day. Otherwise, a lapse, like you mentioned, a letdown, like you mentioned, and it's, it could be taken from you uh, just that quickly. So, in short, man, I'm impressed with uh, the number three ranking. However, it does create a situation where uh, not used to being in, in terms of having that. And, you know, you're going to have all the people in the world wanting to pat you on the back. But I do think that there are there's a good group of folks that don't feel like Iowa Hawkeyes are for real just yet. So I'm glad that uh, that we clearly that we have what we have currently. But uh, long, long season left, long ways to go, a lot of work yet to be done. Um, we're going to definitely jump in and talk uh, Penn State uh, on the, on the pregame show coming up later on this week. But, uh, man, it's been great talking about this, uh, this great win by the Iowa Hawkeyes, 51-14 uh, win over uh, the Maryland Terrapins over there at College Park. Uh, the, the Hawks are now 5-0, and and like we mentioned already, play host at Kinnick Stadium, as well as uh, Slater, Duke Slater Field, play host to the number four team in the country, Penn State and Indian Lions. Like I said, we're going to talk about that in the pregame show later on this week. Uh, and other than that, man, I really appreciate uh, the fact that I was able to get a whole lot kind of broken down in this Maryland game. Once again, thank you all. I think that's about all I got for y'all in this show today. Thank you guys for joining me. First and foremost, thank you, David. Thank you, Tyrone, for making time in your schedule, because I know you got a lot going on. Thank you, David. I know, hey, man, selling off those luxury properties, man. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. And uh, from both of these guys, I want to thank you again for joining us on Hawk Talk today. It's been a great show. Uh, join us later on this week when we go ahead and talk Penn State and we jump into that matchup and uh, talk about the chances that we have 
uh, against those Nittany Lions. But until then, thank you all for joining me. God bless and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Hawks. All right. That's it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.